Welcome to another episode of Makers Weekly. My name is Dan Parsons, and I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at DanByDay. And in this episode, I talk with Jack Scott about his new product, Authpack. We talk about the power of niche customer segments and why building something that just works is sometimes all it takes when you're getting started. So without further ado, let's welcome Jack to the show. Jack, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you calling in from Perth, Australia um, to talk about Authpack. <laughs> to, to kick things off, do you mind giving us all just an overview of you know what Authpack is exactly? Thanks, Dan. Hey, um, so Authpack is a user login and payment system that you can install on your website or web app. Uh, and it just out of the box lets you take users and teams straight away. So that's what I try to do. So if I'm spinning up a new website or a new um, web application and I need to have some sort of registration flow, essentially that's what your service does. You just give me all the tools to allow users to register with email or all the different um, social applications or register with Google, Facebook, what have you. And that's, and you give that to them out of the box. Yes. Yes. So it's um, basically you're able to create pretty much uh, the basis of any good application um, within minutes so that you can kind of get started, test your idea, test your product in the market. And also for websites, especially is um, a lot of people without coding experience can just chuck it on their website and protect uh, their data, such as like if you're running an education platform um, and you have content that you want to only allow people to see if they're paying for it on a subscription basis. You just plug Authpack in, takes you a couple uh, minutes, and then suddenly you have a user login system and uh, payments protection over the top, um, and it will redirect users away from that content if they're not logged in. And then also you can see that information on an admin panel. So I tried to make it as friendly as possible where you can see every single piece of detail um, of your users, of their teams, of their payments, so that you have full control over that. And when you mean plug it in, just for some of the listeners out there, like what does that mean? Is it just a couple lines of code? How is it, how is it packaged exactly? Yeah, so it is about uh, five lines of code to get the basic user login system working. And when I'm saying code, I'm talking about um, HTML code. So I've completely removed JavaScript out of the equation um, because a lot of people that I saw um, were talking to me and they're saying that they just immediately run away when they see any JavaScript coding at all. And that's fair enough. It's difficult if you don't know how to code, especially for graphic designers. Um, especially like Webflow, for example, has allowed a lot of uh, graphic designers to come in and make websites. And this is just making that easy for them to have access to pretty much building web applications as opposed to just websites. Gotcha. So if I know just basic you know, web development, or not even, if I can just stumble around some HTML, I can copy and paste your five lines of code into my website, and now I have a fully functional uh, authentication and payments module in, in, the, in the website. And it comes with like the admin panel as well. Yes, exactly. Super cool. And... I mean, you know, I think this this is like a really interesting area, um, just because you know we're seeing this like no code movement come into play, and really what they're trying to do is like give entrepreneurial 
people with entrepreneurial spirit don't necessarily know software development through and through, but we're trying to give them tools so they can test their ideas. How does Authpack fit into that area, that no code movement? So there's there's Bubble, there's Webflow that you mentioned, there's some of these other no code tools. Like where do you see Authpack, Authpack fitting into that? Authpack just um, definitely, I'm inspired by the no code movement. That's what I I kind of want to push towards, and that's what Authpack is trying to strive towards doing and, and enabling for people. Uh, it fits in. Webflow doesn't have a user login system. Uh, a lot of these web applications don't have a user login system because it's actually quite a, did, quite a bit of work, quite a difficult challenge to take on, especially when you're protecting information and you want to make sure that all your user data is secure. So that's what Authpack steps in and fills in that market gap that's kind of missing at the moment. Um, yeah. Got it. So like encrypting, in, yeah, definitely. So like encrypting passwords or if they want to sign up for payment and they're adding credit card information, encrypting and storing all that information encrypted and Authpack takes care of, it sounds like takes care of all that uh, heavy lifting. Yeah, it, it takes all that heavy lifting off the um, non-technical people, the entrepreneurs, gets their spirit involved um, and helps them build something that usually would be exclusive to say, an app development agency or an, a developer specifically, uh, and it just opens up the market a little bit so you can get tested. And then a lot of people have tried Authpack, and it's a good way of getting started where you have uh, an idea. You can conceptualize it really fast. You can build something on Webflow or Squarespace or Wix, put a user authentication system on top, and you can take that to investors and show them that this is what the product would look like I'm adding in um, some more improved themable options as well, so you can make it look really tailored and custom to your website um, and just get you on a good starting point, really. Awesome. And on Makers Weekly, you know, we talk to all different stages of, uh, you know, of product development and companies and makers. And so you're the sole, you're the sole member of, you are Authpack. So like, you are the engineer, the designer. You did. You built this whole thing soup to nuts. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a solo entrepreneur right now. Uh, I kind of wish that I had a co-founder, but it's really finding that right person is the most important part. I've had uh, previous businesses in the past. I did run an app development agency straight out of university. Um, and I had a few business partners in that time, but... It really, I learned that if you don't have the right person with you, then it can actually make your job a little bit harder. Um, and so I'm just really just waiting for the right person to come along and then I can collab and hopefully get more involved together working with someone. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've been fortunate enough to have some great business partners um, in my previous ventures. But I mean, you know, having gone through a lot of those experiences, like the hardest toughest, like grindiest, uh, experiences. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't want to be going through those types of experiences with, you know, with, with someone that I knew wasn't in, or a lot of the times, you know, you find that people end up bailing on you or they, you know, they lose the grit that's required to make something meaningful. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, also I can just think like one of the biggest things is, uh, Sarah from Spanx. Um, you know, Spanx, the company they made, women's uh, undergarments. Oh, yeah. They, uh, yeah, I know, right? They're good. I haven't personally tried them uh, <laughs> off the record. Anyway, um, she said that one of the biggest 
reasons why startups fail is just self-doubt. Mm. And I, I totally agree with that is if you don't have someone there by your side, just constantly, if you're having a bad day, having someone else to be there and just like lift your mood back up and remind you what the goal is, remind you what the vision is, it can be pretty hard. So that's probably like the biggest one. And I've had to like learn how to self-manage to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side of that too, like also one of the largest reasons startups fail is because of founder conflict. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's something we said about holding out and waiting for the right, you know, the right partner. Um, so let's jump back into, you know, your solar founder. Where did you get the, like what sparked the idea for Authpack or what inspired the initial um, iteration of the product? Yeah. Um, the reason why I built Authpack was because I've built a lot of applications in my life. Uh, and they're usually web applications. I like starting with web applications first because they kind of now we can create them on platforms like React Native and um, and desktop apps are really easy with Electron. So that's where I start. And the reason why um, every time I create an application, I have to build the authentication system. And nothing really is different. You know, you've got your basic user login, you've got your change of password, change your email, and you want to make it secure every single time. And building in that encryption data is can take weeks out of the process, like even months if you want to get it done right. And I was like, why is there not a simple solution to just, you know, logging in your users, being able to identify them, having team membership done right? And there are softwares out there, like one big one that I saw out there was Auth0. And Auth0 is all right. Like it gets the job done, but it doesn't really help you manage your users. It doesn't help you manage their teams as well. And I've had a lot of feedback from uh, um, the developers around me and my friends who've all tried Zero, and after trying it, they kind of just leave it because the pricing's not right, the user management's not right, the integration is also quite difficult as well. It's almost as if you're building your own login system yourself when you're integrating Zero. So I was like, look, there's got to be an easy way to do this. There has to be some solution where you can just plug it in, kind of like Intercom does. You know, you just plug in Intercom and suddenly you have a user management or uh, support network on your application or website. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to build that where someone could just go in, plug it into their website and, and get started with auth and team management uh, without having to worry at all. And how long have you, I know you're pretty early, um, you know, talk to us about like the very first iteration or is this it? Like, did you launch with, with what's, what's out there on product hunt today or have you iterated on this now a few times? Yeah, this is uh, the auth pack launch on uh, product hunt was the first launch. So that was the first iteration. Um, and the reason why it's so detailed, I, I've put a lot of effort into that uh, is because I wanted to uh, get the theme development done right. I'm very into the user interface and, I've built a few products over the past, which helped me build it much faster. It took about uh, two to three months to get the first version done. Mm. I've been working on it uh, for, like, the idea's been in my mind for the last six months, and then a lot of planning went into it. So I spent spent a bit of time, you know, doing Adobe XD designs, making sure that it looks really nice, um, and then decided, you know, I wanted something that I personally wanted to use. And a lot of people in the world, uh, especially in the 
startup world say to focus on building a small product to start with. And I agree with that, definitely. It's good to get that user adoption and attention first, but I did do a bit of, uh, you know, testing with the Adobe XD designs. Um, and then I just really wanted, like, a nice product to use because in every other, in every other uh, solution or in every other industry, you expect to have a quality product when you release that, like a pair of headphones, for example. If Beats released like a, a bad pair of headphones, you'd be you'd be kind of disappointed with it, and I agree with that. Um, so I tried to get Wolfpack to a state where people could feel comfortable in using it, especially with the security side of things. Is that if you don't have something that you're comfortable with from a security point of view, then you have a lot of doubt in your mind whether you should use that at all. Yeah, I definitely think for I mean we see that in. Uh, enterprise software as well. You know, it's like if your buyer is, is you know exposing um, any sort of sensitive or PII material, which that's all you handle is user information and payment information. Um, there does have to be you know some level of sophistication around it. Um, but let's go into. You said you you were you tested some of the early um, early the des- early the designs. Like, what does that process look like for you? Like, how did you get people involved, or like, what did you show them, and what was like? How did you do your early uh, user testing? Yeah, early user testing. I just basically went around to all of my developer friends and told them about the idea, and a lot of them had given me a lot of feedback about the current solutions that they were using. Like I said, Authero, and uh, uh, there's like Opta as well out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. I've got an idea for a product. I know what I want to build. Um, I went onto Adobe XD, and Adobe XD is fantastic because once you've created your designs, then you can make a prototype section where you get those designs and you can actually click through them and it feels like you're using a product just with no data behind it. So I did that, and then I took that uh, model and I showed my friends again, and they're like, oh, this is nice, but they also gave me a lot of feedback in terms of uh, how they wanted to be able to pay through the platform, how they wanted the user data to look like, what kind of uh, things that they wanted to be able to achieve when they were using the platform, like webhooks and so forth. And then I went back and changed those and added those into the designs. And then once uh, they were happy with that, I went and started to be developing it. Very cool. Um, yeah, it is like there are a lot of tools out there now that allow you to like have these lower functional, you know, these prototypes basically where there's there's no code involved at all, there's no data behind it, but you can still have a pretty strong representative of what the end product will would look like. Um, yeah. so let's talk about some of the other tools that you use as it relates to just like how you manage your your personal workflow. So like how do you how do you think about managing your roadmap? How do you manage customer inquiries or product feedback? Um, what does that what does that world look like for you? Uh, right now, I'm using Notion for the roadmap. Um, it's actually open on my desktop on the side here. Uh, Notion's actually the best app, but everyone knows that. It's pretty uh, hyped right now. I think <laughs> they got valued at something like $800 million recently. I'm Did not you surprised. See that? Yeah, I didn't see that specific yeah, card, like but a, a, I mean, I've been a Notion fan for, I have it open on my desktop too. So I, I use it for, I run the whole podcast, uh, all the organization off of Notion. So it's big fan. Yeah, Notion. Notion's big, uh, big part of the road. I pretty much do everything in terms of management and planning on there. Adobe XD is great for designing. Um, 
And then also one really cool thing about Authpack since its launch is that I've done a lot of the user management and support through Authpack itself. Mm. Because when someone signs up, the information is there. I can see all that data. And then usually i just send them off an email. One thing that I didn't want to do is spam people with uh, MailChimp emails. Um, whenever I sign up to a service, if someone spams me with a MailChimp email, I'll probably automatically unsubscribe from that because I don't want to get just like like destroy in my inbox. Yeah. So I wanted to create a personal experience with the customer, especially in like this early stage. Um, and I've actually had a few people, you know, respond and give me really quality feedback because I've done that. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's pretty lean at the moment. I'm not really using too many softwares. I use uh, Sentry for error reporting, which is really good. Mm-hmm. It gives me the full overview if something goes wrong. But other than that, it's, uh, do you have, what, what do you recommend at the moment? Do you know any good softwares or things that I could implement right now at this stage? So, I mean, for early stage stuff, um, I mean, like I'm in the world of enterprise right now. So we're like in the whole Atlassian suite, which is, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but yeah, I mean, my personal, uh, <laughs> my personal <laughs> workflow, yeah, is I use, uh, I use notion for basically all s- scheduling. Um, I use it for all templates. Uh, I use it for, I mean, really, really like my whole world is, is on there. I like all the, the scripts that I do and I reach out to, um, you know, to makers to see if they're interested, all of the, like my whole database of makers, like all of that stuff I run through. I run through Notion, um, and then what do you? How, how do you take on? So, if I registered at Authpack.io, would I be registering with Authpack? Oh, so yeah. What happens is that uh, Authpack, when you sign in with Authpack, you don't create an Authpack account. Um, sorry, you you do if you're if you're a web developer, website developer, you go to Authpack.io, you go and you sign up, and that gives you your admin panel and you have all your users in there, and then you copy your client key, and then when you use that client key in your website uh, to create the Authpack instance, it has a completely new login form. So any new users who sign in with Authpack or sign in to the website that you're creating will appear completely separate, and it will be basically a whole new database for you that you can have all your details in there, and you can export all that information as well. So you can export your user data, your team members, your credentials, and all those different good things. Um, so it's like you have your own personal modularized little set of data and it, it's that full control that I wanted to provide developers. And that's one of the big pieces of feedback that I got from people who I'd in, uh, interviewed early on was they didn't want to, they wanted to have full control of the information so that if they did eventually want to move to their own custom system, they could just export that data and then use it in their own custom system. So I made that really easy to do. Got it. And do you see that being a typical use case is like I use Authpack just to get my app off the ground and then once once I end up building something and it becomes more of a you know full robust uh, custom application then I would migrate off of Authpack or do you anticipate Authpack being able to you know fully scale to help support um, you know to help support larger higher trafficked uh, web applications? Uh, I want it to definitely scale to high. It does actually scale to quite high enterprise software. I made it as fast as I could. I want Authpack to be such a good software that you don't want to move off of it. Um, and that's what Webflow did for me when I was first signing up for Webflow, just as an example. Um, 
I knew that I wanted to make websites, but when I tried out all the other apps like Dreamweaver, you can't export your website into like nice code. And so that was one of the big drawbacks from that and why I don't use Dreamweaver or any of those other things. But when I checked out Webflow, you could export it into this beautiful HTML and CSS. And that just gave me the security that if I did want to eventually do it in the future, uh, that I could. I haven't done it, though. So that's what I want to keep in my auth pack design is giving you that option to make you feel like you're comfortable to use the product, but we'll never need to have to do that in the future just because it, it, it will cover all the bases so well. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You don't, you never want to make uh, customers feel like their data is going to be trapped or that, that this decision to sign up you know, is potentially going to handcuff them for, you know, for future options. Yeah, I want Authpack to be the best possible solution for authentication that they never have to leave at all. How do you think about um, like Stripe is like probably the big elephant in the room, right? So I don't, I don't, I don't believe they handle authentication, but they handle everything as it relates to turnkey subscription payments or, or you know credit card management. They even have, I mean, they have user management as well. How do you see this fitting into to that piece of the puzzle? Yes, Stripe is fantastic, hey. Um, and Stripe inspired a lot of what I built just because of how easy it is to interface with all your payment infrastructure. But in some respects, like subscription payments, there's a lot of times where you want to be able to see that information and especially protecting certain pages on your website from being able to use um, or protecting certain pages on your website with a payment portal so that uh, only authenticated users and paying users can access that. And Stripe doesn't do that. They do make a really easy way of handling subscriptions, but authentication uh, is needed for certain types of payment integrations. Mm. Uh, And so I'm just trying to hit that market early on while Stripe doesn't support those features. Stripe may do in the future, but hopefully the... um, Well, not hopefully... (laughs) <laughs> I will be pushing. <laughs> I will be pushing as hard as I can to make sure that uh, Authpack becomes a much better solution for people at that time, and especially being focused on authentication and on team management, it gives a little bit of point of difference there. But yeah, Stripe Stripe is doing really good. We use Stripe Connect under the hood of Authpack. So gotcha. That, that's where all your credit card details and stuff are stored um, because it is it is a good service. But also Stripe's increasing their. Um, I feel like they're increasing the percentage fee that they're taking on their payments and they can do that now as they become a more enterprise software. So uh, here in Australia, it was starting off around like 1.75%. It's like pushing up to 2.9% now and may even go beyond that um, in the future. That's, that's, that's wild. That's actually pretty good. Like it's been two, they've been 2.9% plus 30 cents per transaction. I mean, all the, all the players are, that's just like the standard across all the U S for the most part. Like if you look at Braintree yeah. or Auth.net or like any of the payment gateways, um, they're all that's just like where they're at. So that's interesting that they were cheaper in Australia for uh, a period of time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting. I don't know why. It's it's different for international uh, transfers. I'm not sure exactly what it's like for international transfers in America, but yeah, Australian. It's different, like a different pricing for international versus just uh, domestic. 
So you're solo maker, built this whole thing from scratch. Um, let's talk about how you went and got your first customers. Like, what did that look like, or what was your your launch strategy? How did that journey go? Um, you know, I think that would be really interesting to talk about. Like, what was that zero to one moment for you? Yeah, so I got the app working, um, and then once it was working, I went and gave it to all my friends. So all those people who I'd been talking to early on, they gave me a few little details that helped me refine it a little bit, and then I just immediately launched it on Product Hunt. I was like, I got to do this. I got to see what people can do, see if it like breaks or whatever, because that's the fun thing about it. I know that um, Peter Level, big maker community uh, leader, he emphasizes the idea of just like launching as fast as possible because you can launch more than one time. Um, and so I just like launched it on Product Hunt, see what would happen. It got quite a bit of, uh, it got like good traction, got like 500 stars or 500 upvotes, which is really nice. Um, and we've seen like in that first week, had over 100 users sign up, which is a little bit of a disparity, um, kind of like in comparison to the upvotes, it's interesting because a lot of people were like, they basically stated that they liked the problem, but necessarily the solution was a little bit uh, unaligned to what they had. And that was a lot of feedback early on is when I did launch it on Product Hunt, I had designed it for web apps. So I designed it to be something that you could put into your React or View application and make that really powerful. But then I had a lot of people reach out to me and say that they really wanted it for a website. That's why I decided that um, websites was really a niche area that hadn't been taken up. And you can look at the Webflow forums as um, user login and payment system is the number one requested feature on that forum. Mm. And so I was like, look, if I can try and target that niche audience to start with, then at least I have a bunch of customers coming on board using the product, it's a lot easier to work with people using websites because they don't have that technical um, background, especially when you're talking to a software developer. They want a lot of things from an authentication system. They want, you know, to be able to integrate with the API, to have full control, to be able to put it on a mobile platform, all these different questions. Whereas, like, you give it to a website developer or a a graphic designer and they've just made this simple website. They have no idea about coding or anything. And they go, oh, my God that just worked. That's so cool. So that's the, that's the customer audience that I really wanted to like, that's what I'm trying to target right now and, and build that up really core cool and then slowly move it um, and expand it into different product markets as we go. But yeah, that's a, right now there's a couple of uh, competitors out there, uh, member stack and member space. Uh, I don't know much about member space because uh, they put the software behind the um, paywall which is ironic because that's what their software does. Um, but the member stack solution, that's also, uh, they got a free tier there. And those guys have done a fantastic job with organizing the, um, you know, payment system on Webflow. Their whole app is built inside Webflow itself, which is very interesting. Um, but uh, it doesn't give you as much control as what Authstack does. It doesn't give you that user management, doesn't give you that, uh, team management and really like integrated feel. So that, that's why I found is uh, some some solution. At least I can kind of compete with those companies and products. Although I do like, I have to say they've done a great job so far. It's really interesting for <laughs> you to come on and like praise your competitors. Um, I think it just goes to show that a lot of these products, you know, it's not a zero sum game, right? It's just you know there are yeah. m- millions of 
of web designers and front end developers that are looking for solutions to these types of problems. So I think in general, just spreading awareness, building community. Um, you know, it's kind of like you know, all boats rise with the tide, or whatever that saying is. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every well, I mean, I'm not here to you know, uh, like. Everyone is trying to make money so that they can live and like pay for their families, pay for you know their college education. I'm still paying off my tax uh, fees from my university, so it's important that we like band together and 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 really like help each other out. I know that Orspack is an awesome application and it will be unrivaled in terms of like website authentication, but it's also important to acknowledge the competitors out there and and. and understand that they have done a good job with what they've done so far. How did you think about pricing? Did you just kind of look at what the other guys were doing or did you, do you have a specific methodology around how you developed your pricing strategy or, I mean, I'm assuming you're still testing kind of testing the waters there. Um, Maybe if you could tell us actually what is your pricing model and then how did you get there? Yeah. uh, So the pricing model right now is it's completely free for all user accounts. So you can have a million users uh, signed up through Orpac and it will be $0 in uh, payments. You never have to put your credit card into Orpac. Um, but with a payment system on it, so we have the way of like taking subscription payments, I put a simple application fee on top of your payments, which is with the Stripe fee. So it comes out to roughly like 5 to 6% um, so that when you take, let's say you have a uh, $100 subscription fee to your education website that you put on there with Orpac. You put in your bank account details, and then when someone pays, you'll get about $94 back, and then I'll take that difference um, minus the strike fees. And it. the way that I got to that um, was I actually started with a much higher pricing uh, model. So Zero, they have a pretty heavy pricing model where you get like, I don't know, I think there's about... 7,000 free users, but then you, as you go up to about 50,000 to 100,000, that can come up to thousands of dollars. So almost like um, $50,000 for any kind of, if you got to a million users, it'd be well over fifty dollars to $100,000. So I had a $19 per thousand user system, which would be about $20,000 for a million users. And then when I posted that on Product Hunt, people were like, whoa, this is not acceptable. I can't go through this. I can't use this platform if I'm paying such a high fee, especially early on. Um, and I was like, okay, interesting. So I reduced it down to $9. And then I realized, you know, if I have a really integrated payment model, there's no need to put payment onto those users. So I was just like, look, I'll just take it off. In terms of actual data hosting and storage space, authentication is very small. Um, it's, it's not like storing files. It's not like storing videos. Storing someone's encrypted password is only a few, you know, bytes. So it's in, it's, in, it's something that I was like, look, I can take a market opportunity here and really hit in with a low pricing scheme and really dominate the market early on. And a lot of people have talked to me and just been like, look, there's a few different authentication softwares out there, but when you're offering something that's literally $0 for, potentially millions of users out there. It's, it's undoubtedly I have to be able to use this software, which is something that I, like, I've encouraged. Whereas, you know, if people take that subscription payment, I'm still earning money, which is a really cool thing. It's much more of like the Stripe subscription pricing model rather than an Auth0 or a, a SaaS 
payment model. Yeah, it's almost like the free the free portion or all of the free value is the Trojan horse just to get a lot of activity on it. And then, you know, because a lot of these sites too, I imagine, you know, once they get, they might have a million of the free users and then they have a really small sliver that are on their subscription plan. But but still, you're able to monetize that and you're able to get your hooks really deep into the customer um, and get the flywheel yeah, going. And that's really, it's really cool because we only make money when the customer's making money. So it's a huge incentive to make sure that the experience for our actual customers is high uh, so that they can get the conversions that they really want. Got to build a better product to encourage better conversions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's smart. Um, and then as it relates to, I know you're like, you guys are, are super early. Can you give us any indication of like what the, what the growth has been like when you, since you, um, since you've launched on product hunt, when, what day did you guys hit product hunt? What was the date? It was, uh, I don't think I remember the exact date. It was somewhere the, around the 15th, I think of December, 2019. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, when the when the app was ready. I, would, I didn't put too much emphasis on knowing the date exactly. But since then, I mean, we've had Christmas and New Year's, so I took a little bit of a break over that time. Um, we've got over 150 users on the platform now. Um, and that, that and so that's 150 developers? Yes. Okay, got yeah. it. And they, and they would have a bunch of users for their sites. So they're, they're just kind of like getting started. It's, it's not huge user growth right now in terms of those people. And one, one big thing that I'm missing right now is good documentation. Mm. Uh, and you can see I had uh, one of the guys that hopefully will um, help me out in the future with some of the web development. He said that uh, business is only good as its documentation. And I, like, I totally agree with that because if you can't get people started, if they haven't got a way of like accessing that, then they don't feel comfortable in using the product or, or starting it up. Um, and what, the reason why Stripe's so good is because their documentation is absolutely phenomenal. So that's what I'm putting a lot of emphasis right now. Hopefully get some really nice documentation done in the next uh, week or so. Nice. Yeah, I mean, especially as a developer tool, like documentation can actually be a, a real competitive advantage. You know, as people come out to, to, to check out, you know, what the other solutions are, just having documentation that they can be confident that once they get started, they'll be able to finish the project is huge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what's on the roadmap for the next, uh, for like Q1 of, of 2020 roadmap is, uh, documentation, nailing it, uh, making it really, really simple for people to put on websites. Um, so that's like early stage features right now for website, uh, integration. Um, showing people, uh, writing out how-to tutorials and how to integrate it into uh, Webflow, into Squarespace, into Wix, and getting that really early user engagement, finding people who really love the platform and, and helping that grow. And then trying to also decrease the number of clicks to get someone to the aha moment. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one of the big things. Is a, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, it's good, the platform has all the features where you need them to be, but having an onboarding flow would be the biggest um, thing that can kind of help engage customers and, and increase that, you know, interest point to actual usage point. So that's also, and then, yeah, just like as much growth as I can get, really building out the features, refining and, and, and going with this product. So. 
Nice. Well, Jack, it's a beautiful product. Um, very well done. It's exciting to see the first iteration come out and, and look like this. Uh, so kudos to you. Um, I'd say you and the team, but you are the team. <laughs> um, so for all the listeners out there, where can they find you online? Um, like what's the website? Are there any social handles that you want to, that you want to pump? Yeah, check out Orthac. It's orthac.io. I have a Twitter account, which is Jack Rob Sco. So J-A-C-R-O-B-S-C-O. That's my Twitter handle. That's where I post most of things. You can also check out Twitter on Orthac, uh, as the username. So. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Dan.